Hey guys, welcome to Product Explained, a show where we talk about products and the company's history and strategy behind them. I'm your first host, Jeff Lee. And I'm your co-host, Mike Alcazarian. Hey Jeff, when will house robots have legs? I already do have legs, Mike. On today's show, we're talking about iRobot, a consumer robotics company. Yeah, as Jeff mentioned, iRobot is a robotics company. Perfect name for the company. <laughs> Easy one. <laughs> You think they came after the book or before the book slash movie? <laughs> yes. I think Will Smith actually willed iRobot into existence. <laughs> so iRobot is most well known for their Roomba product. Uh, I think one of the auto-filled questions when you type it into Google is actually, is iRobot the same as Roomba? And vice versa, is Roomba the same as iRobot? <laughs> but this product, for anyone that's been just living under a rock for forever, the Roomba is a vacuum robot iRobot also has the Brava, which is fairly new, and this is their robotic mop. They also sell a root system, and this is a co essentially coding robot. So it's essentially a, a STEM or science, technology, engineering, math toy for, for kids to learn how to code. Uh, really cool to see some of their, their demo videos, and I love that mission uh, just as a, a little anecdote there. But the basic concept of a Roomba is it's a small device that you can program to automatically vacuum your house when you're not around or when you are around whenever you want it done. In terms of the size, if you've never seen one, it's typically like a large circular birthday cake sized. Is that a accurate yeah. unit of scale? Like a pretty big birthday cake. Yeah. Yeah. If you're really hungry and have <laughs> or lots a small of friends, piece of pie. Ooh, that's actually probably better. It's actually like a medium pizza, <laughs> like, <laughs> like in terms of the size. But essentially what it is, is it has a battery, it has a suite of sensors that depends on which vacuum you have and how old it is. It has all the vacuum parts and then wheels to, to navigate. Um, so if you look at the business model of iRobot, it's definitely very similar to any traditional consumer electronics devices company. And that has been just on its head as <laughs> over the past, I don't know, 10, 15 years, I feel like just selling hardware devices has changed dramatically. But if you look at iRobot's core offerings of Roomba, they have products that start at $275, which is their 600 series robot, all the way up to their S9 series, which starts at almost $1,100. But as I mentioned, things are changing and everyone is going to subscription services, including iRobot. So iRobot actually offers something called iRobot Select. And this comes with their almost top of the line robot, which is the Roomba i7 Plus. Uh, which retails for about $800. And then this also includes any accessories that your device might need. So when I say accessory, think like a new filter or a new brush that broke. And this service also covers you for accidental damage protection. So if you drop your robot or it falls down the stairs, which is actually a common problem. My manager has one. And um, now that we're working from home for, you know, forever, <laughs> occasionally you hear like a crash, like bum, 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 bum. And it's just, he's like, oh, I got to get my vacuum. It fell down the stairs again. I don't know if it's a Roomba. <laughs> so, but yeah, the service iRobot is offering also comes with a dedicated helpline and an upgrade every three years. So Jeff, I'm going to have you take a guess for how much you think this would cost. Hmm. So it's an i7. You basically get all the bells and whistles. Dedicated helpline. You get an upgrade every three years. Kind of like leasing a car. I <laughs> am going to say that it's like 50 bucks a month. Ooh. So this is a perfect service for you because it's only $29 per month. Okay. Um, so yeah. So if you look at like that at, at monthly, if you take the $800 for the Roomba i7 plus, 
it's about 26, 27 months or so, depending on if you count all of like the accessories. So you at least need to be at, you know, at, at break even for, for two and a half years. So it doesn't feel like that bad of a, that, that much. And it, it, like if you're going to constantly upgrade every, every three years and you have that uh, line of sight, uh, it could, it could be interesting pricing model. So yeah, it's interesting that you said $500 because I would have guessed that this would have cost, you know, 75 bucks a month or something much higher than this. I said 50 bucks a month. <laughs> well, I, 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 when I did this to myself, I guessed um, like $75. So you yeah. were much closer th- than yeah. I was. Mike, do you have a Roomba or have you ever owned a Roomba before? No, but it is high on my list of things to buy because my house is very clean. I did not grow up in a clean household, but my fiance is a very clean person. So uh, what I'm trying to say is I clean all the time and I need all the help I can get. So a Got robot it. is definitely on the foray for or on the, the, the list of things that I want to get. I think the, the current issue is in our current setup, we have a... Uh, too many different floors like we have a three like a two and a half story house the half story is an attic that was finished but the first floor it has like a bunch of like random steps because it's a hundred year old house and there's a bunch of like different rooms on different floors so we'd have to get an iRobot for each floor (laughs) and each specific one (laughs) you gotta pick your dirtiest one i guess yeah exactly so that's why we haven't yet and um i don't know if i'm allowed to say this on our iRobot episode but we're just total Dyson family, you know, like we love our like robot, not robotic, our non-robotic, <laughs> um, the <laughs> Dyson stick vacuum. So I think we got like the the Dyson V6 probably eight years ago. And I think like every three years we like pretty much upgrade to like the V8 or the V16 or I think the V15 is what we currently have. And they're awesome. Like they just have amazing portability. They have amazing um, suction and, and just lifetime or just battery life. So yeah, I really like the, the Dyson stick vacuums and it's just able to get everywhere you need to be. And it's, it's not super hard to, you know, vacuum. So that's why I think I haven't upgraded to a robotic vacuum is because Dyson doesn't make one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. I've owned a couple different Roombas now. So back in the day, I convinced my parents to get one for the house because I wanted to borrow it and bring it to college <laughs> and like use it to clean sometimes. That is so, so futuristic. That's like, you know, like instead of kids asking for money for college, it's like, oh, can I have the robot for college? Can like, I, I borrow love- the, yeah, the maid, the the robotic <laughs> maid for Exactly. Yeah. So I remember borrowing the Roomba. I remember eventually my mom would just purchase or upgrade Roombas every so often. Sometimes things break like filters or usually in the earlier Roombas, it was battery life sucked. The self-navigation sucked. And then also the compartment wasn't very big. Like you can only hold so much dust. I thought the Um, vacuum was just supposed to suck. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) I'll be here all day. Um, So I felt like the Roomba overall hasn't changed too much, except for like it's slightly gotten better in certain things. It actually had pretty good stair detection, even since the earlier stages. It was really impressive that it wouldn't go over stairs. So I guess maybe your coworker or your boss has like a different robotic vacuum. I don't know. But I did notice that when I got a pet and got a dog that the compartment doesn't hold as much stuff because... Mm-hmm the fur just expands into the compartment and it doesn't have enough suction to like compact anything in, you know what I'm saying? Whereas like a Dyson stick vacuum does, it can compact things really well. And then also it was really annoying because I still had to empty out those cartridges. Probably I should have been emptying them out more than every day. 
Otherwise, like it wasn't picking up everything in the room. So I, I think for the most part, Roombas are good for like supplementary cleaning. I mean, you still need to like go through a floor or a house with something else. I also own a Dyson stick vacuum. In fact, I own two. You probably, I don't know if you still own your old ones. We or have you got three. Rid of- we have yeah. one for each One for each floor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> we have one. We have one in the garage and we have one on the main floor because we upgraded. And, you know, we love our Dyson stick vacuums. They're like really, really good for a condo. Sorry, I guess a townhouse. I always forget the difference. But the point being is that we will vacuum with that vacuum and then we will supplement with a Roomba because we have a dog. And we also recently bought a Roomba with a tower that will extract the the Ah, dust compartment. So that actually has made it a lot better. So what happens is that the Roomba will go and vacuum throughout the house. When it's full, it'll come back and then it'll suction all the stuff out. It'll continue charging. And once it's back full again, it's going to go back and finish its route. You know that you'll actually get a completely clean floor instead of like, oh, I'm just kind of compacted. I'm going to keep driving around for a while and like suctioning stuff up and maybe I'll come back and you'll be able to like pick up some dirt. Yeah, no, this this has my sci-fi brain just like cranking at full speed. But, <laughs> you know, maybe someday iRobot is also going to take their algorithms for exactly, you know, harvesting harvesting dog fur and turn that into like harvesting asteroids you know like in space like you know like the same algorithm that it's picking up roxy's fur in the background is eventually going to pick up like ice for all the asteroid like they're going to be a major major corporation when we uh, go to mars in fact probably elon's gonna you know acquire them somehow yeah i want to also call out that my wife karen had actually been a i guess like a beta tester for one of the new roomba models and a competitor and the competitor had like better computer vision. So actually it would map out the room based on the camera that was on the actual robot itself. And I think you can drive it remotely with your phone, which is kind <laughs> of cool. That's so cool. But it would like over time know where all the obstacles were. Whereas old Roombas, you'd have to use these towers to have, like there's an infrared beam oh. and the infrared beam would be a, a virtual wall. So the Roomba wouldn't cross that wall. I think now the Roomba is supposed to learn, but I feel like our Roomba doesn't learn that well. And it still like goes back into places that it's not supposed to be. And you can't Jeff, really... they, they can't speak yet, Jeff. You can't teach them I know. languages. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm waiting for AI, but it's not happening. <laughs> but I, I guess that's all to say that one of Roomba's competitors had figured out this problem and Roomba still quite hasn't, or I haven't paid for the premium version just yet. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, with, with product development like this, I, I'm sure like in, in a, once you become, because when, when I remember when the Roomba came out, it was so revolutionary. It's like, oh my God, a robot vacuum, like really yeah. cool application. And once you get into that like large company, like product development cycle, it's definitely hard to, you know, have those like amazing, you know, just step function. Yeah, it's always very incremental. Changes. Yeah, exactly. So that definitely doesn't surprise me that a competitor like comes out with something, then they have to catch up. So I'm curious where iRobot is betting big. You know, like I think yeah. that's like something that we probably won't see for a couple of years. Like I know I joked about like the robots having having legs. What's that movie with Robin Williams? Oh, Bicentennial Man, where he's a, a robot. Oh yeah, this is like for 20 years, 30 years ago at this point. But anyways, like maybe something like that will one day come out from iRobot, where it's an actual like bipedal robot that's that's walking around your house asking you if you actually want me to clean the corners or just skip them over creepy creepy (laughs) we'll name them jeeves let's talk about the history of the product so the company was founded in 1990 by a couple folks rodney brooks colin angle and helen greiner after working at mit's ai lab it's pretty interesting because when i think of irobot i think of like 2014 2012 maybe when these vacuums started to come out but 
I guess they've been doing this robotic work for a, quite some time. They had first actually worked with DARPA in 1998 to build what was called the PackBot, which is really popular robot that they had. It was a military robot that was able to traverse tough terrain to be able to collect data samples and like get surveillance information and stuff like that. It's actually used in Iraq and Afghanistan during those two conflicts. It was also used to search through the debris in 9-11. It was also used in the 2011 Fukushima nuclear plant incident to assess the damage. So they've been around for some time and have done some pretty cool things with their PackBot, which has been a pretty successful application in the military space. Yeah, that, that's really surprising. I did not realize that they were around that long. And it's it's amazing, I guess, how long it took them to find product market fit. I yeah. mean, essentially, you know, like over a decade to, to figure out like it wasn't actually like, you know, the AI robotic that's going to walk, walk around. It's going to be the Roomba. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah, exactly. It, like the first application of robots isn't like this really cool thing where it like comes and does your homework. It's like a vacuum. <laughs> so uh, pretty low stakes, but that's usually where these things start. So iRobot actually launched their Roomba product in 2002 and it sold 1 million units by 2004. I'd beg to guess that around that time, a lot of people were like, ah, do I want to spend like a couple hundred bucks for like a robot vacuum? The, the idea is really cool, but do you clean that often to really warrant it? It's funny that you kind of mentioned how much that iRobot Select subscription service costs, because I think some people would question, is it worth it to spend a little bit more for like a maid? I know that some people use maid services to kind of help clean their house every so often, but where does that trade off with something that doesn't clean as well, like an iRobot? Um, but it's like much, much cheaper. I, I don't know. Yeah, no, that, that that's a really good call out for, you know, it's like the, the framework jobs to be done. And like the job to be done is actually clean, not necessarily have a robot clean it. So yeah. maybe you could just actually just have like a, a house cleaning. And I, I'm looking at like online and it's like 40 to $65 per hour is the average, the national average cost to, mm -hmm. to clean your house. So yeah, depending on, you know, if you have that cleaner come like once a month, that's you're looking at you know, let's just call it like 150 bucks a month. So it's definitely, yeah. definitely at that point where it's like, you know, is it worth it? Maybe. But again, like to your point, it's still going to be supplemental cleaning. So uh, yeah, until it does like full dusting and can do the trim and Can't a little really like, compare. Yeah. yeah. Like a little hand pops out with a little brush to dust. I don't think we're <laughs> like quite all there the yet. cartoons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very Jetsons. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. The Jetsons. Yeah, so in 2005, they started trading on NASDAQ. In 2010, the iRobot had a robot called the Sea Glider, which detected underwater pools of oil after the Deepwater Horizon oil spill, which I thought was really cool. In 2012, they acquired Evolution Robotics, which at the time had an automatic floor mopper. And as we all kind of know where this is going, that became the Brava, which is their floor mopping model. In 2016, it sold its military robotics business to a company called Arlington capital partners to focus on their consumer business because surprise, surprise, that was doing really well. And to date, they've sold about 30 million home robots and they've deployed about 5,000 defense and security robots. So it's pretty crazy to think that they're starting a Terminator project in everyone's home so far. And when things go haywire, they're going to start, you know, sucking up our body parts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Chasing that's what, you. that's what they had to separate the the business and, and sell it off to. <laughs> to that's what my dog thinks, you know, my dog thinks <laughs> that the, the robots are out to get us. So That's so funny. I, yeah, I'm definitely not surprised. So yeah, I, I guess like I was going to start this section of like who iRobot is for of like Jeff, like, would you buy one? <laughs> and it sounds like the answer is yes, but like yes. <laughs> when you're evaluating this decision to buy a robotic vacuum, like, like what are you looking at? 
Yeah, I think for me, it's the fact that we have hardwood floors. And so there's a lot of dust collection with hardwood floors. We have a dog. Obviously, there's a lot of shedding that goes on with a dog. And so we just figured, like, what's the price of our time to be able to go and clean all of our hardwood floors all the time? And we also know that some instances or some use cases of iRobots don't work very well. Like, obviously, you know, shag carpets and things like that, you know, just are really hard for... Do you have shag carpets? I have, a like, a high pile of carpet. <laughs> but I just... Shag carpet would have been, like... <laughs> Do you have shag walls as well? Is this, like, this 1970s? Like... Shag furniture, shag everything. <laughs> I, like, in general, I'd say that the Roomba does really well on hardwood floors, just very flat floors, because it can navigate things very easily. It doesn't have to worry about suction through different fibers. So I don't have to worry about all that stuff. And I know that... I'm going to get exactly what I'm hoping to get out of it, which is just a vacuum to kind of help me clean up throughout the week and keep the floors semi-clean um, and clear of like dust and debris. Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, because when I was like, you know, doing some Googling and I've been in the market for a robotic vacuum for a long time. And I think what's really stopped me, the biggest barrier so far has been price. And the the there's like so many different models, you know, like, I said earlier in the episode, like iRobot ranges for, or an iRobot robotic vacuum ranges from like 275 all the way up to $1,100. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would ever spend $1,100 for, for the vacuum because even if it was, you know, it has all the bells and whistles, it's still not going to do the best job. Right. And I'm still going to have to go back through and, and clean it. So that's, I think, where like I've, I've struggled with it is because you know, we don't have a really furry animal. Like we had a cat and she didn't shed a ton. So Mm -hmm. I could definitely see it if we had a dog and we wanted to, you know, just keep the house like constantly picked up and we had that, you know, single use case. So I think there's definitely a couple of barriers that I've heard or I've seen. And then I I think that the closest I've been to buying a robotic vacuum is with the Wise vacuum cleaner. Mm -hmm. And I think Wise, if if you're not familiar with them, they're a smart home company. They do a really great job with their marketing where they um, talk to you as if you're a person. You know, they're not like some corporation. It's just like a bunch of guys. It's a bunch of startup guys. It's a startup based out of Seattle that kind of just send funny, goofy emails to you. But one of their metrics for their you know, latest robotic vacuum was just suction power. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's like trying to spill it out in like simple terms of like how much like suction power that, that they had and basically said like, hey, it's hard for us to explain this, but we're better than the other guys. And so I, I really like that of just like, <laughs> you know, s- simple, simple marketing. But yeah, I, this is a fairly nascent market. You know, as Jeff mentioned, iRobot had been trying to do this for a while Them with them starting in 1990 and then not launching the Roomba until, you know, a dozen years later in t- 2002. It's still growing fast. I, the predictions for the robotic vacuum cleaner market um, is that it's going to grow about 13% annually over the next five years. And the, the IFR, uh, which is the International Federation of Robotics, um, they should have cha- they should have had a better acronym like Skynet would have been much more <laughs> on you know, brand. Yeah, um, they estimate that about 10 million robotic vacuums were sold over the past three years. So about 30 million household robots were, were sold. Of all those robots, 96% are some form of floor cleaning robot, be it mm. vacuum or, or floor. And I think it begs to the question of like when will a different robot come out? I don't have the answer for that, but you know, well, like aside what kind from it'll be. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And another counterpoint for like what this market activity is like, you know, if you're looking at just pure jobs to be done, like framework, the Bureau of Labor Labor Statistics indicates that there's 
2.4 million building janitors and cleaners that have that profession. And companies spend about $60 billion annually to clean different corporate offices or, you know, different industrial buildings. So this is definitely an interesting uh, market segment that I wouldn't be surprised if iRobot, you know, was able to, to tap into. So I'm curious, like after, after you do, you know, floors and just straight vacuuming, and then Brava makes perfect sense to go to mopping. I wonder what the next thing is. You know, is it dusting? Like, I, I'm, I'm just like thinking, like, what would you think the, the next thing is after after vacuuming and after mopping? Yeah, for just cleaning or like, I guess, maintenance. Actually, something that I was thinking about that might make sense, and I know that these things exist in some capacity, is I know there's a pool cleaning robot, and I don't remember if iRobot has one or owns like a brand of pool cleaning robots. And I want to say that there's smart grass cutters too. Yep. So those are things that I've like thought about before and I think are really interesting. In terms of like cleaning the house, I don't know. Like, I guess like the question that you have to ask yourselves is like, how would you clean, let's say a 10 by 10 office, like the room that I'm in right now, how would you clean it without multiple robots doing very specific tasks? Like how would you wipe around the monitors? How would you pick up the keyboards and wipe beneath them? And I wonder if the answer isn't like a robot, but it's like a process. So like, what if I just like vacuumed the room, <laughs> like just <laughs> with a giant suction and like sealed the door and then like oh, I sprayed the whole room with a sanitizer. <laughs> so it's a very different approach. You're going back to the jobs to be done framework. So do we need robots to do that? Or do we feel like robots is just one means to an end? Yeah. And I, I feel like that's like exactly what you articulated with cleaning. It's so complex. You know, it's maybe not complex. It's a bunch of stacked simple tasks so yeah. like robots are really good at doing simple repetitive tasks but mm -hmm. cleaning is simple non-repetitive tasks where you have to go around and like you know to different like i don't know objects and dust them or you have to you know windex a window or you have to do x y and z so yeah it's a really good point that it might not actually be a robot that cleans your house until we're actually able to get to you know that bicentennial manor <laughs> where, where robin williams is following you around with just weird mechanical voice i think it becomes more feelings. complex because humans know that every surface can't be cleaned the same way Mm -hmm. So, for example, if I'm cleaning a monitor, I, I shouldn't take like a harsh scrub and like try to scrub it down with like dish soap. So oh, man, I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's grease free, right? Your monitor is probably very grease free and very, very scratched. <laughs> but, you know, with floors, if you're just, you know, taking a vacuum brush against them, they're probably fine. If you rinse them with water and some sort of mild soap or mild detergent, they're probably fine. Like you said, like they have one solution for one problem. But if you're going into like an office room, like I'm saying, and you need to clean the carpets, which are a very different texture than your desktops, which are a very different texture um, and terrain, quote unquote, than like a keyboard. Like, how do you go about doing all those different things? You have to know very specific information on how to clean every specific service. And it's easy for a human to process that. We have the flexibility to obviously do different things. But like you said, a robot that's equipped with just a brush, like how are they going to do a task? It's like the whole adage of like, everything looks like a nail when you're a hammer. <laughs> like you don't want that to happen to your office room when you're just a robot, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. Everything's, everything needs to be scrubbed if you're a, a future Scrub robot. it all. Yeah, scrub, 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 scrub. Exactly. Terminator is going to start as a vacuum. I'm now convinced. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it makes it's gonna me It's going to end as a vacuum. It's going to end very, very shortly. <laughs> the, the artificial intelligence is going to live for like 15 minutes. <laughs> That's hilarious. But I mean... With 
companies like Boston Dynamics, and so for com- for those mm-hmm. that aren't familiar, sorry, Boston Robotics. Is it Boston Dynamics or Boston Robotics? Boston Dynamics. I think it's Boston Dynamics. Who make these four-legged robots that basically are able to cross different terrains. You know, it, it's really uncanny and impressive, actually, what they're able to do with, like, their two-legged and four-legged robots. But it still makes me beg the question of, like, how far away are we from services that will be able to just, like, as multi-function robots where you can write a program and then it can do a bunch of different tasks across the gamut of activities like whatever so it feels like we're far off but but maybe we're not so i don't know let's just think about just vacuuming so we've already talked about the limitations of Roomba as is they can only do one floor they haven't even solved the problem of vacuuming multi-floor and being (laughs) able to traverse stairs let alone this idea of like multi-surface cleaning and then let alone like full maid services so i think we're quite some ways away but who knows maybe it'll accelerate pretty fast it's all based on demand so until the price point's such where people want robots over human cleaning services for very big and tough cleaning jobs then they've got some catching up to do uh, let's talk about competitors. So I think, Mike, you mentioned Wise, but I wanted to call out a couple other ones. There's Eufy, which is a company that does a little bit of everything. They kind of have a lot of different devices that they're making. Ecovax, Nido, um, Dyson is obviously a great vacuuming company. I have both Roomba and Dyson, so it's hard for me to kind of talk poorly about either. And then <laughs> Xiaomi, who's a Chinese device company that kind of makes a little bit of everything as well. But yeah, like a ton of folks are kind of entering in this space of uh, robot vacuums. There's very affordable vacuums in the $200 range, as Mike mentioned. And I would say that uh, iRobot probably tops off at the higher end. I don't think I know of any other robot company that has more expensive or top of the line vacuums as iRobot. Weirdly, they do offer like a lower end. Like when you usually talk about higher end, for example, let's say Apple, they only offer like premium tier and they don't mm-hmm. offer like economy tier. But I think iRobot does do a pretty good job of offering both ends of the scale. Yeah, maybe like I'm just like guessing here, but maybe they know that their customers like they they because it is so competitive with all these like companies like Wise or Eufy that build a bunch of different consumer electronic devices that they need to be able to win brand share mm-hmm. within like the you know the lower cost set market segment. Yeah. Um. So that they know that eventually they might upgrade to something higher, but they want to make sure that they have a good experience with a, a low lower price iRobot. But yeah, I can go with my thoughts for the the review. So. I'm going to review iRobot as just like the overall company and strategy as opposed to like a specific product. So, you know, looking at iRobot, the the company, I I think it's really impressive what they've been able to do. You know, I think this is where they spent such a long time in development and they took a long time to find this product market fit. You know, I, I think it was probably lots of conversations like this that their product team had, their engineering team had to figure out, hey, is like, what's a simple task that we can do? that is easy for a robot to to handle and they'll be successful with the current technology that we have and that is single floor (laughs) ideally one surface robotic vacuuming and that's what irobot does and that's what they're known for and they really kicked off this this really interesting market where you know now we have 10 million like robots sold every year and and it's funny because like if you asked me like 15 if you asked me like five years before 2002 I probably wouldn't have given you a coherent answer because I was eight at the time, <laughs> but I I wouldn't have guessed that robots selling in 2021 would be just vacuum cleaners. You know, that's like, I think a huge, like kind of over promise in my sci-fi brain, um, <laughs> for, you know, but I, I think iRobot is just done a great job driving um, consumers to just normalize robots. And so I'm going to give 
iRobot specifically, uh, a 3.9. I think there's definitely a lot of room to, to grow up um, and to continue to find those new um, segments, you know, and, and maybe it's just business specific. Like maybe one of their future products could be uh, a robot just for vacuuming hair at like hair salons. And maybe they can enter that segment because it's a business customer that might be willing to pay for the subscription service if they're going through lots of filters um, and things like that. So yeah, I'll kick it over to you, Jeff. I'm going to echo a lot of those sentiments. I think they've taken some time to find their product market fit, but clearly they realize that their consumer market segment is a lot better than their military market segment from, I guess, like a revenue perspective. I don't know if there's any other reasons why they decide to deprecate their military segment. I think overall, it seems like there's been some growth in, or at least the improvements in the product over time, but it does feel like it's happening semi-slowly. Like it felt like it took 10 years to realize that they need a tower to suction out some of this stuff, which doesn't seem like a super novel way to you know dispose of this compartment. And it feels like still the, the mapping that Roomba uses is semi-poor. I mean, like other companies are coming in and being able to compete really quickly. I, I will say that the pricing wise and the offerings are great. There's so many different Roomba models that it almost becomes confusing to a lot of people, but at least mm-hmm. like, you know, you can afford some tier of Roomba. Most people can afford some tier of Roomba, at least start out with a lower tier with maybe a little bit less compartment size that isn't doesn't have the best HEPA filters or whatever, but you can kind of break into the automatic vacuum market and get something for your dollars. What's really interesting is you asked the question of what are they going to do next? And I, I have the same questions Like you know, I wonder if there will be something that's going to essentially eliminate the need to vacuum floors. If, if that ever happened, iRobot's out of a business, right? And the, yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon or if there's some other novel idea for how you can clean houses better, but I think that this is a very one-track mind, whereas we've seen other companies you know, branch out and expand into other strategic endeavors that have to do with something that they're good at. For example, Uber isn't just about moving people anymore. They're about moving a bunch of things. They're kind of a logistics and um, transportation company. I don't see the same thing with iRobot. They like solely focus on this one line of, of things, which is their, their floor cleaning model. So I do wish that they would expand on that strategy a bit more. I do wish that they would recognize that they need to spend more time on their R&D or really start to differentiate their own vacuum floor models with other companies. I feel like they're pretty much similar. You can kind of buy whatever fits your needs or whatever you can get your hands on. Like they're all kind of the same to me at this point. Um, yeah, no, totally. I, and I think it goes back to like the meta point where it's like, it's really hard to make robots <laughs> like that are able yeah. to do multiple things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With all those said, I, I'm going to give it a 3.7. I, th- I still think it's a really awesome product. I've owned multiple Roombas. I'm just like, don't think that they're necessarily that much better or different than the other robots in the marketplace. But yeah, I, I know that they have a lead. So hoping that they'll do some pretty crazy things in the years to come. Yeah. Well, I love it. So those are our thoughts on iRobot and just general science fiction and the coming of the Terminator <laughs> is going to be a vacuum cleaner with a gun strapped to it, I guess. That's what I've grokked from this episode. But, <laughs> you know, we'd love to hear from our audience. So definitely reach out to us. Uh, you know, we love it when we hear our fans tell us what they thought about our different shows. Uh, you can find us on both Instagram and Twitter at Prodex Podcast. That's P-R-O-D-E-X Podcast. Yeah, and if you like the show, be sure to like us and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. And let us know what products we should review next. See you next episode.